0: Welcome, friend, to the trifecta of joy. What is the trifecta? Awareness, befriending your inner critic, and raising your vibe. This podcast is about you, your life, your adventure, and how to live it juicy. Our podcast is brought to you by Perfectly Imperfect Life Coaching. Download your free joy guide at www.freejoybook.com. A gift from us to you. Again, www. FreeJoybook.com. I'm your host, Tanya Gill. But really, we're in this together, connected, sharing, and adventuring through life. So let's do it with joy. My friends, I'm so glad you're here. I have a really cool guest to share with you. Melody Ann Owen helps memoir writers finish writing their books and then decide whether to publish it or keep it for their own healing and records. She is so passionate about supporting authors as they write their stories to change their internal story and empower themselves and reconnect with their truth. It's so obvious why she's here, isn't it? Oh my gosh, Melody's the founder of author nation and today she's going to talk with us a little bit about ways to empower ourselves through our story. Melody, I'm so glad you're here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. This is one of my favorite topics of all time. <laughs>
0: that is so awesome. That is so awesome. Okay, so like help help us understand like What motivated you to want to help others feel empowered in their stories?
1: Mm -hmm. It was my story. I mean, you often we have a story. So I come from a home that uh, neglect was a good day. Let's say it that way. So we don't have any trigger warnings here. Neglect was a good day. Um, It it was an abusive home. My father was uh, an addict and uh, abusive. And I grew up with the story that I was a bad kid That, you know, and that, that went on into high school, right? The teachers in high school, like she's a bad kid. She's a no show. She's destructive. She's rebellious. She's a partier. She's the, my father gave me my first drink when I was, I don't know, eight, maybe, right? You know, so, so you, you know, you, you grow up and then you have this story, you know, you have the story internally in your own home, but then because of the way you behave, it becomes an external story as well. And so, I needed to change my own story. In fact, one person once told me I'd be dead in a ditch by, and I can't remember, 18 or 19 or whatever that was. And because I was a rebel, I decided that wasn't going to happen. So sometimes anger is really good at driving us, right? You know, it's a really good driver. Um, And so at one point in my life, anger did drive my my need to to get away from people who told me I wasn't good enough right but but there was also that other side of me that agreed with them because it was so embedded in my own story yeah
0: so this was like this was really about kind of overcoming that past story right and so with the trifecta of joy we talk about awareness we talk about befriending your inner critic and raising your vibration and, you know, that story piece is such an inner critic piece, right? Because I talk about the cultural stew, how the stories of others add to how we see ourselves and then how we operate in our own world. Yes. So so what was it for you that made you decide that you wanted to change that story in a positive way?
1: Yeah. So I I was going down my father's path in the sense of drinking and, you know, just, you yeah being a jerk, you know, not being a good person. Um, And then when I was about 16 years old, I had some more information about the extent of my father's crimes. Um, And that it was like a slap in the face. It shook me to my core. I thought I'm following that. Right. There is no way I'm following that. I that that is not who I'm ever going to be um and that that just completely shook me out of my out of my my yeah you know, out of the path right it you know it boosted me into a different path although when that happened i didn't know which way to go i just spent a long time wandering and lost and i'm still really angry and i still had you know teachers and everyone my father used to commiserate with my teachers oh yeah i try so hard you know like she's so difficult and, you know, I do everything I can to give her the best. And, you know, so this is what I was up against as a kid. And I'm sure that other people who come from homes where they have abusive, manipulative parents, they will recognize this story. Right. But that's what shook me out of it. Just somebody Mm. coming to me and saying, you're not open your eyes, open your eyes, kid. You know, and and when I did, it was like, wow. Okay. (laughs) We need to do something different. Yeah.
0: We need to do something different. Yeah. Well, and you know, when you, I think that at different points in our lives, we can see ourselves on paths, right? We can see ourselves on certain paths as kids, as young adults, we're obviously getting lots of input, as, especially in those early years that define who we are. And, and then you move into that space in adulthood where you can find yourself on a path as well. And and so how do you recognize when you're on a path that you want to choose to be different, and what, how do you make that happen?
1: Such a great question. At the time, I didn't really know how to do that, and so I did a lot of flailing around, right? <laughs> like, I did a lot, right? Of, right. I was, I was, yes, a lot of flailing around, right? A lot of you know, a lot of you know, I could, I wasn't good with confrontation, you know, I would blow up, and and so I had to you know, whenever something was happening that was difficult for me, I had to, you know, try and fail. And I had to learn to have mercy for myself. It's Mm -hmm. like, you can't handle conflict yet, but you're working on it. Right. And, and, and to have mercy for that child who, yeah, you bet I acted out as a teenager. Oh, I was a terrible kid when I was in high school. But if you look at the circumstances, if you look at the situation, if you look at that, and then you can say, okay, but But what if I have mercy for that child? What if I have mercy for, you know, I think we spend so much time being hard on ourselves that we forget that each of us deserve mercy. I, in fact, I believe every, every, and this is going to be hard for some people. It's hard for me thinking of who my father is, but everybody deserves mercy because, you know, we have value because we were born. And the things that happened to us who made us who we are, that's something That's something we should have mercy for. Not that we shouldn't hold people responsible, right? So there's a difference between me saying, I can have mercy for that man my father was, for the boy he was, for the things that must have happened to him to make him who he was. And I can also say when he became an adult, he became responsible for his behavior and and that's, and that's, and mercy and forgiveness are different things. I don't necessarily forgive what he's done, but I have mercy for the, for, for him as a human being and the, the pain he must have been in to turn out the way he did. Does that make sense? It really does make sense. You know, I, I mean,
0: my own personal story is one of learning that I was sexually abused as a child very soon before my dad died. And in that experience, as horrific as it was, and as, as painful as it was going through the process then of having the flashbacks and the therapy and all of those pieces moving to a place of like you describe, mercy, um, for myself in it, as well as for him. Right. And I, I personally will say that I've moved to a place of forgiveness, right. um, But, you know, at the same time, it really is that space of honoring who they were or they are there and having empathy for their own life path. Everyone has struggles. And so, you know, what you're describing is, it sounds like your dad had a pretty tough life and he chose, if you will, to stay on that path and kind of, pull you along down that path until you decided a different path was yours. And, you know, like, we're always offered opportunities in life. And so when you talk about mercy, you know, I I just agree, like, why would you say that that mercy is so important?
1: I think without it, there's no hope of reformation. So I think that When we, you know, if you think about how we treat each other in the world, you know, somebody makes a mistake and they're pounded on social media, you know, somebody goes to jail and they never get a job again, you know, we think about what happens when you have a lack of mercy, you know, you're saying here's this person who's been damaged, and because they're damaged they've done something horrifically wrong, let's continue to damage them, Hmm. how is that useful, if there's any hope of healing, we must show mercy to people that we have trouble believing they deserve it because everyone deserves mercy. And, and again, I'm not saying they can't take, they don't take responsibility, but there's a difference between having mercy on someone and, and, you know, thinking they don't need to take responsibility. The mercy is that piece that allows them to reconnect with their humanity to be able to shift the pain and the hurt and the anger and all the things that are making them behave in destructive ways to find a better path. I had people who showed me mercy and that was so important to have for for somebody to show me some mercy because that could help me connect with my connect with my humanity. I was not a very grateful person. So when people were showing me mercy, I wasn't particularly grateful because being grateful was part of the abuse and part of the, the pain, right? You know, you should be grateful, kid, you know? So so gratitude, I, I could say thank you, but I couldn't feel that welling up of gratitude because I say thankful and gratitude are different things, right? Gratitude is something wells up. It couldn't well up in me, but the mercy helped me connect to the fact that I could return to being a human if that makes sense
0: absolutely absolutely you know kristen neff talks about self-compassion and how one of the most important elements of self-compassion is connecting to the concept of 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 common humanity the idea that we are all human beings having a human experience. And so what you describe as far as extending that mercy to others and how others extended it to you is so powerful. And then interesting, right? That element of gratitude, right? When we always think of gratitude as being something positive. And so what you're describing is that because you were told you should be thankful, you should be grateful. and, And, you know, and it was used, I hear it almost as a bit of a weapon that that it then became something that felt outside of you and hard to experience internally.
1: Yeah, I think gratitude is used as a weapon in a lot of domestic violence situations. And I think that when we are talking to people and saying, you know, gratitude is so good for you and you should feel gratitude and write down three things you're grateful for, you know, those those kind of pat bits of advice. I think we need to be careful because if a woman is being abused at home, she's often told, how she should be grateful, or if anyone's being abused at home, not just a woman, they're often being told nobody else would love you, you should be grateful. No one else should, you know, no one else would la 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 la, no one this, no, you know, you should be grateful. It is, uh, gratitude is absolutely weaponized, especially I believe in domestic violence situations.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a, it's a, it's a very interesting way to look at gratitude as being used as a manipulation tool right as a manipulation tool so okay so you my friends though moved toward retelling your story you've described a youth and a childhood and early adulthood potentially that was pretty challenging and so you know like what steps did you take then to kind of rewrite your story to feel empowered yourself
1: yeah, I think the the first thing that I did was to get the story out. Just get it out. Just get it out of you, write it down, tell somebody. And while you're doing that, it, make it a private space, make it a safe space because you want to allow for all of the emotions to come out you I needed to hate my father I needed you know like all of these emotions you you don't want to be in a space where somebody's like yeah but you should be grateful or yeah but wasn't that part good or you know I've been told you know you should be fe- happy your father was an addicted abusive narcissistic blah 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 because look how you turned out right like what you know so <laughs> first thing you want is to get the story out. And get it out in a safe space where you can allow for all of the emotions. Mm. And then take a step back and remove judgment. Ah. Step back and remove judgment, yes. And become curious. Why did I do that? You know, why did I swear at my grade nine English teacher? Right? Why did I call him that name? What was going on with me at that moment? I was trying to protect myself because he was, he was, showing behaviors that I that triggered me that made me think that I was going to be harmed and so swearing at him calling him a name and running out the door I was protecting myself I'm no no longer judging it I'm no longer judging it I'm just being curious about why did that happen and I'm having mercy for that child who who screamed at her grade nine English teacher and then ran out the door because he was, you know, six foot something and 300 pounds, right? <laughs> it was a big guy, right? I was terrified of him. And then I can say, well, so how did, and how did that story serve me? How did the story that I needed to rebel, that I needed to have a hard shell, that I needed to fight back all the time, how did that story serve me? It served me to protect myself in a volatile world, right? And so then you start saying, Okay. That's how it served me. Does it serve me now? Hmm.
0: Mm. Not so Does much. Serve me now.
1: Yeah. So, but you have to remove all the judgment, right? You have to get out the emotions. You have to remove the judgment. If to get curious, show mercy, understand that it did serve you. But if somebody t- spoke to me the way he did now, and I swore at them and ran out of the room, right? <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> adult woman, you know would that serve me now well maybe under some circumstances but probably not right probably, in most
0: circumstances the answer is no <laughs> not really, right not.
1: right so so now I can now I can start taking responsibility hmm. so I can say okay that was not you know now looking back in a safer space you know I can say that that was not the right thing to do how can I take responsibility for that? And what can I learn? Where is my understanding? How can I grow as a person? And sometimes, and this is really hard for me, because sometimes you get there and you're like, I don't have any clue. Right? Like, I don't know how I can get better because that's where I was at, right? As a, you know, I was 19, 20. I don't know how I can get better. And that's when you can reach out for support, get mentors therapy, counselors, friends, you know, whatever it happens to be. I'm not going to suggest one thing works for everyone, but then you can reading So I read, and this is going to sound really odd, but during that phase of my life, during that learning, growing, understanding piece, and I was trying to figure things out. I read Holocaust survivor memoirs. Wow. And that might sound really odd, right? It's, it, you know, but I was like, Okay, how do you come back from the worst of the worst?
0: Stories of resilience,
1: right? Right. It It is the stories of resilience that speak to our hearts. Exactly. How do you come back from the worst of the worst? And they gave those stories, those people, their strength, their resilience, their forgiveness, their mercy. There, they gave me so. They empowered me so deeply. They gave me answers. There were answers in those stories. Um, so I did that well before I thought of therapy. I wow. just, you know, so um, that was really, really helpful for me. And so then you learn and you grow and you understand and slowly a new story emerges. And now that you are doing this consciously, you're thinking it through, you get to design that story. You become your story designer, right? You get to have your choose your own adventure. I like to say,
0: right? Right.
1: Oh, Right now my life is a choose your own adventure. Not to say I don't make mistakes, but it is a choose your own adventure now, right? But I went through that process to get to where I am today.
0: The process of moving through, finding the resources that that served your soul and that served the space that you were in so that you could process your own experiences and then move to that place of rewriting, if you will, your own story. So when we talk about rewriting your own story, how do you define rewriting your own story?
1: I literally rewrote my own story. Once upon a time, there was a little girl named Melody Ann. She was born in this family. And so I took what my father would, you know, I take scenarios, situations, scenes from my childhood where my father was saying, you're ridiculous or whatever was going on. And I rewrote them at that time there was a much larger person leaning over me screaming at me and i was doing this to help to protect myself i rewrote it so from my perspective because all of the story that had been told to me was from my parents perspective right and you know so so you know i got to rewrite i literally rewrote it from my perspective I said, this was happening at that moment, and this is how I responded, and this is how it helped me or didn't help me, <laughs> right? But it still made sense. The behavior made sense to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, no judgment, right? That behavior made sense to me at the time.
0: No, and, and so I find this super interesting because... Um, I have a a book called The Trifecta of Joy, Help Yourself in a World of Change. And it's a combination of my own personal stories and challenges and some of the harder things that I've been through in life and also ways that people can step into living their life juicy, right? By creating greater awareness, befriending their inner critic and raising their vibration. And so I, I have to ask a question though, because there is as you rewrite your story and you write it from your perspective mm-hmm. because of course that's what i've done too yeah. how do you move through the layers of judgment from others that you can, you may or may not fear because i will be honest i fear that people will be like oh she's a crappy writer oh her stories suck or Oh my God, like mm-hmm. she's whining about the horrible things that have happened in her life. Like my inner critic goes to really interesting places, right? And, and I'm just owning it because it's just the truth, right? This space is about being honest. And that's why I have this podcast. So, you know, like I, I just want to know how do you, how have you been able to embrace those stories and let go of judgment? Or have you?
1: Hmm. So I think there are a couple of pieces. So the first time you write your story, it is for your eyes only. No one else should look at that. Nobody's business. That's mine. Nobody will ever see it. Um, I did rewrite the story and give it to somebody else who is a family member and said, I, you know, I want you to know this. Right. And then I did a solo show based on it. So now I'm rewriting the story for the public.
0: Right. So
1: that was a completely different story. And so if you're going to then take that story and turn it into a memoir that you're publishing, that's a story for the public. That's not your private person. That's not your private story. That's a story for the public. And I say, those are two different stories. Mm -hmm. And if you, you know, if you are, if you are going to Share your story on a podcast, in a book, in a talk, wherever that happens to be. It's not that story where you laid out all the emotions and you blamed everybody else in the world because that was healthy at the time. And you did that and good for you and do that. That's not the story you share. No, the story you share is the empowered you and what you learned from your experiences, Not, not not the child in pain story with the right. empowered adult story. And if yeah. somebody judges the empowered adult, the the empowered adult then has those tools, right? This person is judging me and I don't know why, but it could be because they have a similar story and they're still terrified of it. It could be that they don't believe we should be telling our personal stories. And it's not about me, right? It could be, you know, and that's something else I like to do with, with my clients, when we talk about, you know, somebody comes into the office and they're like, oh, this stupid guy speeding, cut me off, you know, and I'm like, you know, it's like, okay, how many stories can we make up about this? And I did this with my kids too when things happen. How many stories can we make up about this? Wait, no, he was just running for Justin Bieber uh, tickets for his grandmother because she's a big fan, right? Oh, no, no, he just found out his wife was in the middle of labor, was in the middle of labor and he was desperate to make it to the hospital. Right? Like, let's just make up as many stories as we can about this and let go of the idea that it was about me.
0: Right? Absolutely. I love that. And let go of the idea that it is about you. And it's true. I mean, I love people watching. So, quite often, if I'm in a busy place, I'll pick somebody and just make up a story about them in my head just (laughs) to entertain myself. I think a lot of us do that. But it's interesting when you say, like, when someone as simple as like cuts you off in traffic and you get angry, like, There are so many ways to move through that. And some of them can be hilariously funny, right? Like grandma's grandma needs, but Justin Bieber tickets like, oh my God, I just love it. I love it. I love it.
1: Oh, although he's retired poor grandma.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Poor grandma. She's out of luck. She's out of luck. So when people, (laughs) when people want to start writing their story, um, I think it can be kind of intimidating, right? And and I I what I love is the idea of just writing it out for yourself, giving yourself the space to have to really truly, you know. I use the acronym HELP. Honor the the journey that you've had. Have empathy for the road that has been and the challenges that you've lived and overcome. Yeah. Step into that place of love for and with yourself, and then be present with it. So, as someone has that experience of doing that for themselves, why would you say it is so powerful? Why would you encourage people to do it?
1: I think that we need to we need to rewrite our stories. Like, you know, some people might be able. I haven't had all that trauma, right? You know, I've heard people say that. You know, it's like I feel bad because I've had a pretty good life. You know, it's like, well, how do you feel bad about that? I don't don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. People say that to me. I feel bad. it's say, like, "Why no, don't?" Um, but even no matter if you've had what you think is the best life or or not, you know, going through it and thinking it through and thinking about the choices you've made, thinking about how you got from place to place, and I don't mean physical place, but you know, relationship to relationship or job to job or experience to experience, and and you know, looking at that and being reflective that's part of personal development even if there's no trauma right so so i hope i'm answering your question here but yeah i think that we it's healthy for all of us to just sit back and reflect on our lives write it down show you know show you know show ourselves our own path and i think most people when doing that will realize it's like yeah <clears throat> i've been a doctor all my life I've always loved it. I've always been happy. But it's true that my parents pushed me to it. That's true. What if they hadn't pushed me to it? Was there anything else I really loved? And then you get to explore that. Right. And so maybe you've had a wonderful life, but it's always it has been directed by others, even if you loved it. And then you get to think, you know, well, maybe I want to direct something. What would I direct? If I were directing my own life now, what would I be directing? And I think there's, I think there's um, spontaneity and surprise and there's, like, there's beautiful things there for you to find. Go, go look for them. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, absolutely. And you know, like, that's the
0: thing. Like, I mean, some people think that if they've had a hard life writing out their story or, and, and going through that process and absolutely can be very, very therapeutic and incredibly healing, incredibly healing. Also though, if you have had a great life there is still something to be said for, for going through that process and celebrating the greatness that you have created or that others have helped create with you. And then also, you know, like you, you, every moment you are on the precipice of the next moment. So what do you want to create for yourself forward, right? Like that's the other thing is if you're writing your story, your story isn't over till you take your last breath. So, what does the rest of the story look
1: like? Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. I was speaking to someone the other day who was retired and writing out his entire life, right? It's, you know, it's War and Peace, right? It's a very long piece. But he said, it's just, it's been this amazing experience, he said. An absolutely amazing experience I'm looking at the choices I made I'm looking at the places I landed up he says, I realized that I'm not I'm I, although I'm like retired I'm not done I'm not done there's stuff in here I can do I've got some stuff to give and I'm going to start giving this to the world and I thought oh that's really cool right
0: awesome that is awesome yeah. you know my grandma my grandma passed away in 2007 and um For the few years preceding that, she would often be found with at her at the end of her kitchen table with her cup of tea and her loose leaf paper. And she would be writing about her life, about her childhood, about, you know, her experience of, you know, like literally living through the dirty 30s and her 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 own Mother passing away when she was young and having the responsibility of raising her own children, or her her siblings as as their parent. Yeah, and yeah. and um and you know, like, I remember reading some of those as a kid and going, "Wow, like, grandma had lived such a life that we didn't know even was. yes and And one of the things that we recognize is that when someone is gone, if those stories aren't out there somehow, some way, then they die with that person.
1: Yes, yes, yes. You know, I had a, I had a client whose, uh, whose father was sent to war. And while he was away, his, her, the, my client's mother, uh, his wife, uh, journaled every day. Every day she kept a diary. And the day she came back, she lit a bonfire and threw it in. And her daughter's like, why did you do, do that? She's, the past is gone. It's done. But it it helped her through the, the hard times, right, of having her husband away. But as soon as he was back, burning it was a release, I think, You're right? We know we can only look back. But sometimes writing that story out and burning it and, you know, keeping... Keeping some of it for the future generations great, but also that that like emotional piece burning it it can also be a good letting go. I don't know if you've ever done this at New Year, where you write all the bad things that happened during the year all the things you hated and you all put them in a jar together and then you you put them in the fire. I mean there's also there's also that right so there's lots of ways to play with your story right you can write it and burn it and then you can write it again for your grandkids for for family for family heritage right so there's lots of things you can do with your story
0: i love that i love that and you know that's the thing right like when we write our words we have the choice to stay tethered to them to rewrite our story to let go of a story to empower others i mean we have so many choices with what we choose to do with our words right it, we have so many choices with what to do with our words so if if one of our listeners was like, I really want to get started on looking at my story, <laughs> writing my story, exploring my story, and maybe rewriting my story, what would you suggest to them to kind of get started?
1: Hmm. I have a really simple exercise, actually, for everyone out there who wants to do that. Get a large piece of paper. It can be the back of wallpaper that doesn't have glue, you know, the the type that doesn't have the glue on it. Yeah. yeah. Go to the the, um, store and just ask them for an end of wallpaper that doesn't have glue on the back and put that across the wall and draw a big line. It doesn't have to be wallpaper. Any, you can put stick pieces of paper together, but draw a line along the middle of the piece of paper. And one end, you write your birth year and the other end, you write 2023. And then you're going to, start filling it in on the top half. And I usually say the top, the top should be a top third, really the top third, you put all the years in the top third, right? The movies that were popular at the time, who was president, who was prime minister, you know, what, who your best friend was, what school you were at, what job you're at, like to start putting in all the, the, the kind of facts, right? The cultural pieces, because it it's interesting how, those things will trigger memory. Like I know exactly where I was when Ronald Reagan was shot. I know exactly where I was and what I was doing. I can tell you that. So if you start- Okay, so where were you?
0: Where were you? Let's talk about
1: it. I was in history class in, in my junior high school. And wow. we were all thinking, "Oh my gosh, the world—it's coming apart. It's fun, you know." And and we went into history class, and uh, my history teacher—he was the best history teacher ever. He used, he used to just stand up and tell his stories. But he was the only adult who sat us down and said, "The world is not ending." <laughs> As a history teacher, I can tell you. <laughs> and then he he gave us he gave us a history lesson based on it, but he also helped us with our fears. And so it's amazing how you can think about. Something that happened and where you were and how that can trigger this whole story. And on the bottom, you start writing in the moments and the stories and those pieces. But the top is all those cultural, you know, whatever movie was popular when you were a kid and who did you see it with? Oh, that reminds me that after that we went to climb trees and oh that reminds me that because you want something to stir the memories and those pieces stir the memories. Go look at old photographs. Go look at old the cars of the time, the wallpaper of the time. Go look at, you know, if if you're raised in the 50s, go look at photographs of 50s houses and let all of that Put it up on the third, you can put photographs up there, but let all of that help bring back memories. Now, if you know, and, and then in the bottom half, you start writing not the full stories, but enough that it, if you read it back, it will, the memory will come back, right? Now, if you're doing this and you start struggling with trauma, stop. Yes. <laughs> Get some support. As soon as there's something going on that you think you might not be able to deal with coming up, as you said, right? You had memories surface. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that happens, right? Memories surface. And if Mm -hmm. that happens, then I suggest you stop and go immediately, just go get some support, whatever support you need to work through it. Because you have a story to work through, but you just need some support to do it. But I find that that is really good for people to get started on writing their own story. Then some of those stories you might leave alone and other stories you're like, I need to dig into this story. I need to figure out what happened that day, right? And how that affected me and how and how what I can learn from it now and how can I can reframe that story so that it's not about others telling this story about me, but that I can now tell that story through my my adult perspective. Does that help?
0: Oh yeah. I love it. I love it. You know, it's it's interesting because when when I worked for children's services, one of the things that we would do in order to help understand the needs and experience of a child, especially a child who had a lot of complex situation, is we would do a timeline, right? We would do a timeline of their life through our clinical, if you will, social work eyes around their trauma experiences, their challenges, their connections and successes, and and different change points in their life. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that we would do as a child was getting ready to be adopted and going into permanency is we would do a a book for them that we would call their uh, words and pictures. And it was their story that was pared down to their understanding, but it was honest and truthful, right? It wasn't, you know, life was good. It was you know, mommy really struggled. And when she struggled, she took medicine that made it hard for her to take care of like little Timmy, whatever it was. Right. Yeah. So, you know, really honest stories. And so I think that these stories have a, a huge role in healing and supporting people in a lot of different ways. And what I love melody about our conversation is about how as we as adults can own our own story mm-hmm. and do something with it and and that doesn't have to be publish it no. but it can be the first step is to process it yes right to process it and again with the reminder that if stuff comes up please please seek professional assistance yes. find someone out there who can support you in the challenge that you find yourself in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I want to say that sometimes people write that raw story and then they think they want to publish it and they give that to an editor and my advice is don't give that to an editor. Right? So <laughs> I've had people come to me with their book to edit and they've tried to work with other editors who have not been trauma aware mm-hmm. and that they've it's it's been harmful. And so Mm -hmm. if you have written a story and it is raw and you do want to take it to an editor to see if there's anything that you could rewrite to publish, just make sure you get the right editor, get a trauma-informed editor. They're out there. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is think about rewriting the story to, like, if you were going to, you know, take this raw story and say, okay, now I'm going to tell my, you know, the, the youth of today, this story to help them, what story would you tell them? right? So it's, it's actually written. So, you know, writing your story for healing and writing your story for publishing are very different things. And we don't want to get those two mixed up. I just wanted to say that. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: And I think that is so important, right? That is so important because the truth is that people can learn from our, our stories of challenge and, and overcoming the important part though, is that the story is for the purpose of empowering others. You know, I, I say that it's about sharing love and light, right? And, and ultimately we don't want to traumatize others. We want people to be able to tap into the love and light within themselves so they can shine brighter as the human beings. They are having their human experience.
1: Exactly. And I like that you say that human experience. I think we forget. I like the word human because people are all right. I'm human, right? It's, it's a good reminder. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. We are
0: all just humans having our own human experiences. And with that comes, if we're lucky, a long story, right? That's the thing. Like, if we're lucky, we get to live a juicy life that get, and we get to collect these stories of, of both the challenges and the amazing celebrations and goodness that we've created.
1: Thank you for saying that, because a lot of people think I'm going to write about my adventures. And you know what? your adventures could be, you know, how like looking after your child in a certain, you know, child go through a rough spot. People forget that that's incredibly valuable. And the lessons you learned about life when you, you know, your child was diagnosed with something, you know, or, you know, looking after a parent, or, you know, we talk about, you know, our bucket lists. I like to talk about a living list. And Mm -hmm. I think we want to write about living lists, right? I want to have uh, deep connected relationships with my children right and 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 that's a memoir because I think that's something we're we're losing. We're focusing on bucket list too much and and other things and i I like the idea of a living list, but yes, write about your adventures, and when I say adventures, I don't mean mountain climbing. I mean the depth of you know in my own climbing too, but I mean the depth of the, your relationships and and what you've learned about yourself and and the world and humanity along the way
0: so awesome so awesome yeah. melody and owen you are so lovely this has been such an amazing conversation if our listeners want to find you what is the best place to find you
1: mm. they can find me at uh, authornation.community that is the community I have for, um, for Author Nation. So if they're interested in joining the community and seeing what it's all about, they can do that. And in the community, I have all my contact information so they can find, they can actually book a call with me right from, from the community. And if not, they can always reach out to melody at authornationtube.com. That's my email.
0: Beautiful.
1: Thank you so
0: much, Melody. This has been such a cool conversation about sharing our stories. And, and I just really appreciate you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Tanya. I was thrilled to come on the show. Really, thank you so much for inviting me. I've enjoyed this conversation and I, I it's fun, it's been amazing. <laughs> Friends, as you
0: are listening to this, if you have a story to write, reach out to Melody Ann Owen or be reminded that your story is always unfolding. So as your story's unfolding, remember to really notice, stay aware and present in what your life is and make sure you're also paying attention to the slotted spoon and that cultural stew because you have the opportunity to rewrite your story just as Melody has helped us understand. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening. This is Tanya Gill and the Trifecta of Joy. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening, my friend. We are deeply grateful you chose to be here. I trust that this has invited you, even if in some small way, to deepen your awareness, befriend your inner critic, and raise your vibration. Please follow us, leave a review, and share this podcast with a friend. If you have any ideas or feedback, please reach out. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. You are loved.